Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bcc.church. Welcome to this, this next installment of the Reshape series. I believe this is number nine, which is uh, interesting because we're not there yet. We haven't finished the series. It's been getting stronger and stronger. In fact, it's been strong all the way through, but um, I know God's been challenging many of us. Today, we're going to talk about a really interesting topic, partnership. Uh, shaped for partnership. Mm, that's interesting. That's a word that the world knows a lot about, partnership. Um, civil partnerships seem to be coming in as a sort of fashionable thing and legal thing these days. But what is partnership? Marriages break down. People get married. Marriage is a partnership. Um, corporates have partnerships. But we're going to look this morning at God's principles around what partnership means and, and why it's something we should think about as Christians and we're going to talk about um, some stuff that happened last night, just for a couple of moments. Um, who, uh, who enjoyed last night's volunteer celebration? Anybody in here? It was, I'm telling you, it was, uh, it was a great, great night last night. It was good, good fun. There are about 100 people in here. And uh, we, there were probably another 60, 70, 80 people that could have been with us last night, but they couldn't for other reasons. But our, our volunteers and the people who serve, they don't serve for the sake of serving. They serve because they love God. They, they serve because God uses everything we give to him, including our time and our, our energy and our focus, our creativity. God, God wants us to use that. And our, people who serve in the life of this church, serving in all sorts of different ministries, I, I listed more than 28 ministries that I could think of that were pretty big ticket ministries where there's substantial teams in some cases involved. And there are more subsets of those those ministries taking place in BCC. And you may think, well, what's going on in this church? That's why our, our new website is so important, to try and give people access to information about what we're doing. But Shape for Partnership is important because uh, partnership and serving, funny enough, they go together very, in a very important and in, and in creative way. And uh, I'm just going to take you through something that happened last night. We did a quiz the big fat quiz of the year for the volunteer servers meal. It was such a good, uh, good meal last night and good, spend, good to spend time with people. But there were some questions that came up. And I thought I would take the liberty of just bringing three sample questions from the list to the room today to see if you can think of what your answer might be. Uh, you don't need to write it down like we did last night. Just want you to think in your head what would be your answer to these three questions. Now, those of you who here last night, you probably can't even remember what the answers are. <laughs> But I'll show you what they are in a minute. This is off a whole list of questions linked to the serving and volunteering that goes on in the church. The first question, if you stacked every donated tin of baked beans, one on top of another, this is the beans that, that come into our food bank, because we run a food bank and have done for many years, and we, we have maybe 15 or more schools donating to us, and we as a church provide into that, and there's food going out every, almost every day of the week. But if you stacked every donated tin of baked beans one on top of another, how, how many London double-decker buses high would it go if you stacked them all on? Just have a think. How many buses? So think of your answer, how many buses? Number two, how many standard 80-litre bars could you fill with all the milk used last year in the cafe? There's an interesting novelty question for the geeks in the room. Um, and thirdly, how many volunteer hours in total will have been given to keep the homeless shelter open this winter? And there are many in the church involved in supporting that work. 
So have you got an answer in your mind? Just, just roughly. You're not getting any prizes, but we'll just see how good you are uh, coming up with an answer. So the answer to the number of double-decker buses is 23. And that's just the baked beans. So if you got 23 double-decker buses, London red buses, and stack them one on top, that's the height of the tins of baked beans that we give out in the life of the church in any given year. Isn't that incredible? How many standard bars are filled with, would be filled with milk for the, for the drinks that everybody in this room consumes? Nine. Can you believe that? Nine bars of milk are used. The most popular drink in the church is hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and then finally, how many volunteer hours? Nearly 11,000 volunteer hours. Isn't that incredible? And these little statistics are just three from a whole range of little things we looked at last night to help people to understand the amount of hard work that goes on. Now, if we're working hard together, we want our working hard together to count for something, and ideally more than just the the sum of the parts. We want our working hard together to be something that we can multiply. We want to have the ability for people to have access to being part of what we do in all our volunteer areas and to see new initiatives grow and to develop new things. And that's why partnership is super important in kingdom mindsets. Here's a, a, a good definition of partnership, I think. Partnership is the ability to accomplish more together than apart. It's, it's walking together and working together. Partnership is about learning how to walk together and work together. When we walk together, we have to learn how to walk together in agreement. How can two walk together unless they first agree? Who came up with that bright idea? It was God, wasn't it? It's in the Word of God. How can two walk together unless they first agree? So walking together and working together are critical components of partnership. How can you walk together unless you know each other? How can you walk together unless you have... Discuss things about what you want to... Where, where are you walking together to? What are you going to do on the journey of walking together? What if you have a difficulty while you're walking together? How are you going to solve the difficulty? How are you going to solve a disagreement? If you've got two or three people walking with you and, and something goes wrong, how are we going to solve that? It's not as straightforward as you may think. It's more sophisticated. There's, there's a form of walking together that means that we are actually solving problems most of the time. Do you realize that? Now when we talk about working together, we're going to put our hands to the plow. Another reference to biblical content. You know, if we set our hands to do something, what is it we're going to work on and how are we going to work on it? How are we going to achieve the goals or the results we want to achieve? How are we going to do it? How are we going to determine whether something's successful or not successful? All these things become important because partnership causes us to think about these things. And we're going to explore that this morning as we look at it. But we're going to look at it firstly from what God says about partnership. There's a a, a wonderful moment in the New Testament when Jesus was baptized. And this is one of the very special places in the whole Bible where there's a reference to the Trinity, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All in one tiny little expression, in two verses. And we know that Jesus, um, 
it grew from being a boy. He came, he's God incarnate. He's the word that's become flesh. We know that from the Bible. We know that, that Jesus Christ is God, the visible image of the invisible God. That's what the Bible tells us. So we know that Jesus is God. We know that the Holy Spirit is God and he is a person. He is a personality. He has, he has understanding. He dwells in us when we come to faith in Christ. Um, our change is only possible because of the Holy Spirit working in us and helping us to understand what is wrong and what is right. Um, in fact, to bring a crystal clear sharpness, the Holy Spirit has this key function in the Trinity. And God the Father, Jesus says, I only do what the Father tells me to do. So you've got this interworking relationship in the Trinity, and we call that the Godhead. And that's what we believe. We, we believe in a triune God, three gods in one. It's not separate. They all have the same DNA, if you like. It's a sophisticated thought, but it, God is three in one. And it says in Matthew 3, 16, after his baptism, this is Jesus, age 30, Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. Verse 17, and a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. You've got there a perfect illustration of partnership taking place. God's the one who, who inspired the importance of working together, being involved and in carrying different capacities. This is right at the beginning of Jesus' launch of his ministry. At his launch of his ministry, given by God himself, um, this choice that God made that Jesus would come in the flesh, be born as a baby, grow to be an adult, learn and grow in wisdom um, and stature and favor with God and men, Luke 2, 52. This man who is God had to walk like you and me. That's why he knows about the things that you and I go through and he understands what we go through. So God can totally relate to us. But that ministry had to be launched and God himself launched it. And Jesus was obedient to be baptized. That's why we encourage baptism in this church. And if you haven't been baptized and it hasn't been your choice, maybe you were christened as a child, but it wasn't your choice. My conviction is that the Bible talks about believers' baptism. When you have made the choice to put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, you get Jesus was baptized. He was dedicated as a child in the temple, but he gave his heart and obedience and his will to God the Father, and he was baptized, and it launched his ministry. Now, for us, it's an interesting parallel, because if you go to Matthew 28, 19, the Great Commission, which is what we call it, um, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of who? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're not just doing a job. We're not just serving on team to, to get things done. We are part of this immense mission that God has given us to do what? To bring people into an encounter with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's it. That is what our mission and our commission is. If we fail to do that and we don't think about why we do what we do, then we lose track of perspective. We lose track of what it is that God is actually doing through us and why he wants to do it through us. And we may lose track of actually what God has planned for us because we could get derailed in the walking together. 
and working together. If we get derailed in the walking and the working, your wheels might drop off and you get so frustrated, you just say, I've had enough of church life because I was walking in this journey and, and that, it all went wrong. It all went wrong. They didn't agree with me. I had a row with my team leader. I had a row with the pastor. I had a row. You know, it's not about, it's not about us, really. It's about God. It's about hearing the Father speak. It's about getting our perspectives aligned to this great commission to make disciples. And we may struggle at times in our disciple making because we are not experts at it. We are all learners and we're all drawing people to God's incredible presence. He's doing it with us as well. We know this is happening all over the Middle East, that men and women and children are getting revelations of who God is. It's, it's multiplied. I'm so excited that Pastor Abraham is coming next Sunday. He leads from zero standing start, a network of church leaders and church plants totaling more than 600,000 people. How is that possible? It's possible when you get your focus set on the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you get derailed when you walk and you work and you fall by the wayside, we lose all the opportunities. And it's the human nature in us that causes the difficulty. So partnership is important. God's modeling it, it there. So why partnership? Because partnership brings greater impact. You can achieve more in partnership than you can on your own. Um, in Philippians 1, 4 to 6, Paul is writing to the Philippian Christians. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished, until it's realized. You see, we are on that journey of the start and the conclusion. And we're on that journey. We're walking and working together in it. And when we work together well, it releases capacity. If we don't walk together well, we watch things fall apart and breakdowns and people get frustrated and then, then people get one opinion and someone else gets another opinion and then suddenly someone's fault. Actually, it's human weakness that causes breakdown. But our capacity, you know, the enemy wants to work against you having capacity in your life. He wants to, to marginalize and isolate it. Doesn't the Bible say the enemy walks around like a roaring lion looking for the weak ones to pick them off? You know, the Bible warns us about it. And where does that happen? It comes in the walking and the working. And if we're neither walking together or working together, what are we doing? Because we're not here to be entertained because it's a lot of work. But capacity is multiplied in partnership. But when you work together and when you realize that everybody else is just as needy as you are and just as vulnerable as you are, but you've all got great strengths. We've all got great gifting come from God as we look back over this series. We know about it. It builds confidence. And they're able to work with God in partnership ourselves as a church, as a body of believers at every level, whether it's you and and the Holy Spirit in the mornings in your devotional times, whether it's you and God in the high street, whether it's you at work and your bullet prayer, God, my mates just come to the coffee machine. I just want to talk to them about your truth. Reveal the mystery of salvation to them. Whatever it is, whether it's that or gathering in your, your groups that are leading the kids' work. We've got over 120 children that are, are, are need 
leaders in our church to bring all the gifting and guidance that, that we, we would we definitely want them to see and understand. There's so much going on in schools right now to cause massive distraction for kids. They're completely being derailed by the notion of gender identity and all the other stuff that is topical in society because society is not on a journey to know the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The society's on a journey south, let me tell you. And Jesus has come to, t- to rescue people off that journey and get them going north. That's it. We're in, that's a north-south divide, let me tell you, if ever there was one. And some of my family come from the north of England. They always tell me about the north-south divide. But capacity, confidence, and completion. God's plan is that the work you work in, even though at times it's very hard, is going to be part of his completion of his plan for this earth. And, it's, and times are accelerating, let me tell you. So, you can do what I cannot do. I can do what you cannot do. Together, we can do great things. The legend that is Mother Teresa. We, I've noticed we quote her quite often. But what an amazing dynamo. Understanding the power of partnership and working together. Who worked in Calcutta for so many years amongst the destitute. Why partnership? Because there's new discoveries when we, when we properly partner. Let me tell you this. When you start to break apart partnership... You lose. No one wins. I'm telling you, nobody wins. When you sit in isolation and when you create separation, nobody wins because partnership is a multiplying enabler. Why partnership? Because it enables new discoveries. And um, Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So when the clash comes, That's when you've got to work at it. It's not the striking that makes the difference. It's the walking together and working together that proves that the relationship is intact. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 10. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Say real trouble. Real trouble. Now say partnership. The picture on the right is a, a picture on the side of Mount Everest. As a kid, I lived in Nepal, and I used to think I could see Mount Everest from our house. I've since discovered going back as an adult. It's funny how your perspective changes. You know, you see all the big mountains, you think, that's Everest. It's not until you go a bit further up towards Tibet, you suddenly realize you, it's over in that direction. But um, amazing. That's the side of Mount Everest. It is impossible to climb Mount Everest on your own. Do you know anyone who's ever done it on their own? It's impossible. Now, maybe one day someone will prove that possibility a possibility. But at the moment, you need a team. It's so dangerous. But the bigger the opportunities, the higher the mountains, the bigger the the challenge, the more you need partnership. If you just want to climb up the North Downs Way and go rambling down through Kent and, and go down the, the, the cliffs at Dover, if that's your limit of your stretching, then you can do that on your own. In fact, you can have a picnic down there and sit and watch the seagulls come and eat your sandwiches. <laughs> but if you want to climb the biggest mountain in the world, you've got to do it in partnership. You can't do it on your own. You can't take a picnic and walk up Mount Everest and sit on the top because the seagulls don't even go that high. Right, that is a high mountain. And, uh, but what does partnership do? It enables new discoveries. It enables you to go higher than you've ever been before. 
It enables you to meet people you've never met before. It enables you to trust people like you've never trusted them before. It enables you to reveal yourself like you've never revealed yourself before. Because it's always under pressure, the real you comes out. The real you and me is hidden until the pressure comes. And when the pressure comes, when you're working and you're walking... The real person appears on the scene. And that's partly why God wants us to walk in partnership. Because on your own, you can hide. On your own, you can do what you do and shut the door and say, well, I'm having my opinion, I'm doing it my way, stuff them. That's what you can do. But when you're in partnership, you can't do that. You've got to give more of yourself. You've got to be more gentle. You've got to be more willing to understand other people's perspectives. You've got to be willing. But in all of that, it creates sharpness. It creates a sharpness because you realize who you are. Part of partnership exposes the real you to you <laughs> because you don't know the real you, but everybody else does. Isn't it funny? At least they think they do, and they'll tell you about it maybe. Um, so sharpness, but it also gives you immense opportunity for success. It does in partnership. It also gives you the ability to draw on the support of those who are walking that journey with you. That's the power of partnership. And God created it. It's designed for churches to operate in it. So that's why we're talking about it this morning. God is doing amazing things around this, this thing. Now, some, other, some in the secular space would talk, talk about partnership as teamwork, which is a great example. And uh, this guy, Andrew Carnegie, once wrote, it's the fuel that allows common people to attain uncommon results. It is. You may feel very ordinary and what, what could God ever do with me? What could God ever do in my life? Look at all my mess. Look at all my failings. Look at all the disasters. I'm unstable. I've got medical problems. I've got relationship problems. But you know what? God can bring you into a teeming, partnering environment. And if you're willing to be soft and, and changeable and flexible and work together, God can do amazing things. And that's what Andrew Carnegie is describing there. So, partnership in BCC. Let's talk about that for a minute. What does that look like? For us in BCC, partnership is really, really important because it's the, it's the way for us to draw our alignment to walk together and to work together. At the moment, uh, some of you may have never even heard us talk about partnership before. But we have talked about partnership many times over the years and we are committed to it. And right now, there are about a third of our regular attenders in the church are partners in BCC. And what do we mean by partners in BCC? Maybe you've been coming along and, and you love the church here. You love the fellowship. You're part of a life group or you're part of a serving team. You love it here, but you, uh, and, and that's it. You just love coming. The reason we have partnerships is because we're trying to draw people's heart and mind to walk together and work together, to do more than we potentially could have done. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12, it says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So we're all different parts coming together. How on earth do you get 40 nationalities, um, men, women, young, old, different skill sets, all with different giftings and talents, all coming together. How do you get that? God's got to be in it. He's got to be in it. He's got to build it. And we're working out what he's doing and, and working it. It says in, um, in Ephesians 4, 16, I love this. He makes the whole body fit. To, he makes the whole body fit together. He causes us to run into the walking together and working together challenges of kingdom life. So he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. 
Perfection is what we are designed for. Perfection. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, that's amazing. So God's in this. If we're in it, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. And I think of the way the Holy Spirit works as rhythm. I, I sense God's rhythm. I sense when God's about to do something. As I hear God speak to me, as I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, there is definitely a rhythm. There is a rhythm. There's almost like a sound. This is the way I would describe it. Some of you may think of things as colors. I'm not going weird and out there, but there is definitely rhythm. It's like in worship when there's a moment when the Holy Spirit is in the meeting, you feel it, don't you? There's that moment where you are just caught up in God's thoughts. You're just sensing his presence. Suddenly, you feel almost actually an emotional response. And sometimes emotions come in on the back of a God moment in a service or, or in your quiet times and prayer times, devotional times. There's a rhythm. There's a sound of God. There's a sound. There's a shape of what God's doing. God doesn't just do things binary. God does things because he's creative. He's the creator. There's a rhythm. There's a, there's, there's a synchronicity about God. There is a harmony about God. There is a balance in the way God does stuff. If something is causing you to go off balance, I would ask the question, is it God or is it something else? What's going on? Because if your if you're harmony, if you're sync... If something is rattling you so much, what's going on? We need to explore it. You can't ignore it. Um, but the Holy Spirit works in us in a rhythm. And as a body of people, it's a rhythm. It's a rhythm. There's a movement. And I love the notion of a, the harmony of a symphony. You know, if one or two of the instruments are missing, you know, it might just be the moment in the whole symphony where the, the triangle has to just hit the ding. If the triangle's missing... It's an incomplete symphony. It's incomplete. There's a piece missing. If you're not there to play the triangle at your moment, there's something missing. That's why we've got to work together. God, God is making us work together. Do you realize that? That's part of what he's... I should have looked up what the, the etymology of that word. What does it mean when God is making us? Hang on. I'm in charge of my life. Hang on a second. Actually, God is going to cause you to confront you. As you walk, as you work, because he is wanting to bring a perfection and a finalization of what you're doing. He's starting it. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. You aren't. I'm not. He is. And he's going to make us work together. And he's going to see what can happen. Rhythm, sound, gifting. What happens when there's discord? You know. You can hear a wrong note. You don't have to be a musician to know if the note's wrong. You know. You know. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be part of the, the choir or part of the orchestra to know if something's wrong. You don't because you hear it. God is not about discord. God's about unity, working together, partnership. It's amazing. Partnership in BCC then. Where are we right now as a church? We're at a place of movement, let me tell you. We're a place of movement. And it's a movement where there's a, and I will use the word momentum as well, where there's a momentum happening because God is drawing you and us together. God is drawing us together. What's been happening in the last few weeks and months? 
Um, we celebrated 90 years just before Christmas. We had a series called Legacy. And we celebrated 90 years and we looked at what, what uh, our previous generations have built into the opportunity we've got as a church today. And that there is a legacy heart in this church of producing a next generation legacy. Not that we're just thinking only of the next generation. We're thinking of right now. But what we build now is really important. So we are, God's drawing us to understand the importance of being ready to build all the areas of the church. So there's movement taking place. Prayer and fasting in January, and we pray and fast every quarter, and we've done this for many years now. This January was one of the strongest um, connected prayer and fasting weeks we've, we've ever had in the life of the church. It was tremendous. There were a lot of people. It was a, it was a high involvement on site, let alone the people praying at home and people in, in groups. And there were some groups still meeting during that week, and we still had numbers higher than perhaps we've seen before. We've seen a 30% growth in life groups already this year, and there were two new ones started before Christmas. There's three started since Christmas, and there are more groups and hard to draw groups up. Now, um, that is exciting to me, that people are sensing God wants them to be part of these small groups. Why? Groups enable that fellowship. We can't preach on groups this morning. Uh, Brian mentioned it just before I started, the importance of being part of groups. There's lots of groups forming. And there are some of you that want to lead groups and develop yourselves to lead groups. And you may not feel confident, but we want to help you to do that. Um, we've, we've got new people coming weekly and decisions for Christ. We've just launched a new website. This website is very important for us because it's giving dynamic information in a way we've not been able to do before. We can, we can provide information through it much more um, appropriately for our season as a, as a, as a church. This is a, a bit of a boring bit, but behind the scenes, we put a, a new operational software management tool into the church over the last few months so that we can actually be far more fluid in the way we do things and yet... Uh, enable things to happen quicker and enable things to happen with accuracy and with understanding and not miss things. So why do we want to do that? Because in, in handling the, the responsibilities of discipleship, we, we can't miss things. We've got to be on it, so to speak. We're in an age where people expect everything tomorrow. I, I, you know, I work with AOG nationally and do a few things, and I was getting, I was getting texts yesterday lunchtime from people that shouldn't be texting me on a Saturday about stuff that can be done next week. And it's probably the same in your life. Twitter feeds, everything else is happening real time. And so if we are not in a place where we can respond much more proactively to what we need to do as people come into the life of the church... We're missing an opportunity to connect with people. So that's happening and happened already, but it's happening. Um, I want to talk about our site for a moment. Um, we've talked, I've been in this church since I was a teenager. I've not always been the pastor. I came to faith. I was baptized at the age of 17. And God brought me into this church as a young man. And uh, he led me on a load of different journeys in that route to learn about the kingdom, to understand society, to grow in my understanding of leadership, all sorts of things. So God took me on a, a very interesting journey. In the end, I've ended up becoming the pastor of this church. But what is amazing is that in all that time, I've seen so many different leaders come through. I've seen, so, I've seen thousands of people come through the life of this church. And there have been times when we've tried to do certain things, and it's just been the wrong time. We talked about rhythm. We talked about the moment. 
it's been the wrong time. And 12 years ago, or just a bit further, we were looking really passionately about this site. God, could we rebuild? I was, you know, really just part of the team in those days. Um, could we rebuild on this site? Could, is it fit for purpose? And, and those of you who are around then will know we really thought, God, is this our time? And you know what we did? We, we put up on a screen a, a visionary picture of what this site could look like. And if you can remember, probably most of you don't even know what I'm talking about. We got a box, literally a box. And uh, I described, well, look, let's just stick a box on the site. Let's put it right on top of this building and just assume we knocked everything down. We just put a box, just to give people a sense of what we could do. This thing was probably like a three-story box, square, a bit like the little box on the right-hand side. And you know what? Within about a week and a half, our neighbors had already heard that we were going to put a box on our site. And that's extraordinary. So we had people from around the buildings coming to us saying, We've heard that you're planning to knock down and build a box on your, <laughs> on your site. And we're not having that right against our gardens. And it didn't take any time at all for that conversation to become someone else's issue. And it was only a concept. And so we know that if this is God's time for us to start doing stuff in this space, we have to tread very, very, very carefully. Which means we can't talk about everything. But what I can tell you is this, that we have gathered a site development team together. We've met twice already. We have expertise in that like we never had before. We, we are seeing that site opportunities are opening up around us. I can tell you that. I can tell you that we will explore with that team to see whether or not now is the time to, to take action and to, to, to bring a, a season of change from a physical side. But we can't talk about everything because you just can't. It's just too... With the social media in this world right now, the word gets out that something's going on and we have all sorts of battles we have to face. And it affects everything. So, but I just want you to know that we are... I think I mentioned probably around Christmas that, that the, these things are happening. But at the moment, we can't say much more. But let me tell you this. My journey over the last five years here has been very organic. This church has organically grown. We've seen, I think, more than 300 decisions for Christ. We've seen probably 25 to 30% of those decisions become baptisms in the life of the church over the five years. It's been so organic that stuff comes and goes and comes and goes. And sometimes you don't know whether you're coming or going with all that. Now, some love organic, but actually you can't scale organic. It becomes, you know, suddenly... There's a hole in one part of what we do, or there's a mistake, or some problem goes off, and, and you've got to start all over again. So we've got to be more intentional, and we've got to be willing to partner and build. So we think it's God's timing. We're talking about resetting foundations. We're talking about reshaping. For what? I believe it's growth. That's what we're reshaping for. Why are you here in this church? If you want to walk that journey with us, then be in partnership with us. Be part of that journey. Be part of the growing vision. What's our mission and vision at BCC? Well, our mission and values are really important. We're disciples. We want to be disciples that reproduce disciples. We want to be accountable for the reproduction of disciples, which means we've got to understand whether we're doing a good job there. And we've got to work on making sure that works. You may never have even read about our, our values, but our values are summed up in one acronym, daring. You see daring youth and you think that it came from them. They took it from us. We created our values and the youth took ownership of our values and said, right, we're going to change our name and call ourselves Daring. And what does Daring stand for? Determined devotion to God. It's putting Jesus Christ first, putting the Trinity first. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit first. If the priority is not God, if our life is busy, 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 but the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is not our first priority, we are off track. We're off whack and we'll get burnt out and worn out and you'll get frustrated and you'll blame in the journey of walking and working. You'll find some cause. It will go off track. We've got to get our perspective set. Determined devotion to God. Secondly, activating spiritual disciplines. It means coming to the prayer meetings, guys. It means determined to read the word of God for yourselves. It means hearing the Holy Spirit. It means choosing to be engaged with God. It means choosing to be part of the fast. It means choosing to give. It means choosing to do. If God says tithe, why don't we tithe? If God says give generously, why don't we give generously? You know, these things, what is a spiritual discipline? We could study that maybe in our life groups. What does a spiritual discipline look like? It's not just coming on Sunday morning. It's It's the life that God wants to form through you and in you to change the world around you. I is increasing generosity in all areas, not just financial, but it's, in, it's the time. It's the effort we put in. Being naturally innovative. We've done a lot of innovation over the last five years. Unless it's grounded and rooted and solid, it can collapse unless it's well, well worked through. But innovation is really important. We're up for it. And then growing compassion. That's why our heart for community in this country and abroad, we want it to grow and grow and grow. So there are values. And so what does BCC partnership look like in terms of personal commitment? Well, we've got these little cards, and they're on some of the seats. And if, you're, if you'd like to choose to partner with BCC, you can do it. You just carry on the journey with us, but align with us. and Say, look, my heart's in this church. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I want to be part. I want to carry part of those values. Well, I want to carry the values, but I want to be part of the innovation, the change, the discipleship. I want to walk with you, and I want to work with you. That's what partnership is it's all it's about. It's not a contract. It's not, it's not something you can't get out of. It's just something to say, my heart commitment is there with this church. And so what do we say? Firstly, it's on this card, um, that we own the BCC values, vision, and our goals. We invest our time, our abilities, our finances, our tithes, and our offerings to build the church and its ministries. We're, we're committing our hearts to this, to walk and to work together. We will protect the unity of the church. Sometimes people play fast and loose with that. I'm telling you, that is so key. How can you walk and work if, if the unity is under pressure? Protect the unity of the church. That's the commitment. And then share responsibility and serve developing ministry areas of BCC, developing and discovering personal gifts and talents. We had a fantastic men's ministry a couple of Saturdays back. Uh, a breakfast. It was a great, great breakfast. The guys want to do it again. So we're looking at the 27th of April as the next one. That's a heads up, by the way, um, to take that on. And we started to explore discovering our gifts, discovering what God's putting in us. How can we understand how we can work as men? And there was a great turnout on that breakfast. I'd encourage more men to come to the next one because we're going to build on it and build on it. But that's what being part of a partnership commitment's about in BCC. It's not just attendance. It's not popping in and doing this and that. As much of that is important, it's about the longer journey. That's what we're about. And if we're going to really build, if this is a season that God's taking us into, we want to grow with you and we want you to be involved. And we're going to be, over the next few weeks, starting to develop this language so people can see it more. But we want everybody to be involved. We want people to be connected with life groups. Is it possible we could double our life groups in the next 12 months? 
I'm telling you, the only thing that stops it is people being discipled and us going to a group. That's it. We can, we can do all of that. In fact, that's what God's called us to do, be in fellowship and be making disciples. Social action. We have relationships with CAP and Shelter, Food Bank and Haven. We have the art preschool and we have pebbles and there's, there's other things. What else is in your heart? Does your heart touch any of those areas? If not, where is your heart for social action? Um, mission. We're involved with Rwanda, Macedonia, India, Pastor Abraham next week, Lebanon. We've got a team going to be going out um, in the foreseeable future. Uh, we're working on that at the moment with Sophie. But what else is in there? What could we do? Could we invest into these mission areas? The answer is we can. But we want to work on it with people who are going to work with us, to going to walk and work together. Um, our existing ministries, we talked about it earlier, there's more than 20 hour, 28 ministry areas in the life of the church, and each one has got subsets around it, so it's way more than that. What team do you want to be part of? What team could you lead? What team could you inspire? We've got a brand new team that started on Thursday. Tamsin and Ray, would you mind standing up? They didn't know I was going to do this. They want to lead a new here team. For people, as a point person, we've got new people coming all the time. And Tamsin and Ray just said in our Life Group Leaders meeting on Thursday, we want to do that. We want to do this. We want to coordinate. So they're going to build a team. And a number of you have got a heart for connecting with new people so that we make sure we properly connect. If you're new in the church, speak to Tamsin or Ray straight away. Speak to them right after the service. If you want to be part of their team, be part of their team. But there's stuff happening right now. Thank you, guys. For You didn't know I was going to do that, did you? But uh, thank you. So, and we've got ministry tracks. We talked about the academy. That academy's got so much potential for equipping and partnering with other churches. It's unreal. But we've got to take sensible steps. Right now, we've done a Life Group Leaders Ministry Track Day. We're targeting sign-up by the 17th of March. That's not on the media yet, but that's a date we talked about on Thursday night with the Life Group Leaders. If you've got a heart to lead a Life Group, and you're in a group, or you've, you want to be part of that discussion... We want you to sign up to that conversation by the 17th of March. If you want to join the, the Youth Leadership Ministry track, they have got a date, haven't they, Luke, wherever you are? The 6th of April is a target date. There are three or four guys now responding from the church to be part of that training. Ladies, if you'd like to be part of the youth program, then there's a date that you need to put in your diary. Speak to Luke or Hannah uh, after the service. But we've got a huge opportunity to build together. I'm excited about it, but we want your heart with us to walk and to work together. So our challenge is, would you like to be a partner of BCC? And at the end of the service, we're just going to remind you about that. But we'd love you to say, yeah, I want to be a partner with BCC. I want to be on this journey. I want to see us work together to get things done. If that's you, there are cards on your seats. And if there's not one on your seat, there'll be one on the seat next to you. Um, as I say, quite a few are already partners in the church, but we'd love to see those who are now in the church and, and walking with us to, to make that kind of decision. So that's the end of my preach and talk this morning. But I, I just feel like I, I should pray. But why don't we stand right now? We're going to have communion in a moment. And I'll, um, in fact, band, why don't you join me? <clears throat> I think this is an important season for BCC right now. We're about to celebrate communion, the partnership of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and what they have done for you and for me to come into the kingdom of God. The grace of God is immense. He says, whosoever will 
Come to me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It's just, we worship an amazing God who has trusted his work into our hands to walk and to work together. And so as we come to communion in just a moment, let's think about that. It is true that we've come because we're saved by grace and God is going to give us that eternity with him. But he's called us to walk and to work together. What does that mean for each one of us? And, and there's no pressure. We just have to work it out. We just have to work that through. And if you want to talk to me or other team leaders, then we can let that happen. But right now I'm going to pray. The guys are going to lead us in worship. In fact, welcome to you. If you could take the covers off the emblems. We're just going to pray about these symbols of the bread and the wine that are the, the turning point in human history for God's amazing plan, which he is working out through us. It's extraordinary. But God, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that, that as we come in your name today, as we come in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we put ourselves under your leadership today. We say, Father, our desire is to do your will, to be led by your Spirit, and to hear your voice through the Word of God, to be followers of Christ. And Lord, as we come to communion this morning, God, we thank you for your plan. Lord, help us to work into your plan. Lord, help us to know your heart. Lord, help us to see the potential of what working together is all about. In Jesus' name. Amen. So as the guys lead us through a song, at any point, you can come out and just take a bit of bread, dip it into the, it's not actually alcohol, but it symbolizes the wine. And it's gluten-free on this table. So just when you're ready, do that, and we'll carry on with the service.